0: Welcome to Naturally Well, a podcast to help you live a healthier and happier life with a Nordic twist. I'm your host, Kate Turner, registered dietitian, personal trainer, Nordic Naturals nutrition specialist, and owner of Live Well with Kate. Today's guest is Kylie Fagnano. She also is known as the gut therapist. Kylie's an integrative and functional registered dietitian who specializes in gut health. She is the owner of Strata Nutrition, Strata Supplements, That Gut Drink, and the co-host of the Curious Woman podcast. Driven by guiding people on exactly what actions they can take to bring their bodies back into alignment and heal, Kylie supports people in identifying the root causes of their GI distress. Being personally familiar with the feelings of being dismissed, wanting deeper and more holistic answers, and believing in the power of food and nutrition, Kylie is passionate about providing a space for her clients where they are seen, feel understood, and are safe to be vulnerable about their experiences on their healing path. In this episode, Kylie describes all the indicators that your gut may need some support. And just a hint, which we've mentioned before, that may not just mean you're having GI or stomach issues. She gives realistic and tangible strategies to get your health back on track and how to make sure you're attacking the root cause so you can fix your gut and live your life. Along with her extensive knowledge, Kylie has an infectious energy that will help motivate anyone looking to heal their gut and feel better. Kylie, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you on. I was just telling you, um, Isabel Smith, who we just had on was singing your praises and also singing your praises about your podcast as well. So I can't wait for you to share that, um, when we wrap up and let everyone know where they can go listen, but I'd love for you to start off with telling our listeners just a bit more about your journey and how you grew so passionate about nutrition, but then specifically gut health.
1: Yeah. Oh, good morning. It's so wonderful to be here. Thank you. And Isabel, thank you. <laughs> um, so all right, how did we get started here? Oh man, you, you think this is like your own story and it's so obvious, but when you really kind of reflect on it, it does take a minute to think like, how did I end up doing what the hell I'm doing here, right? So I I think for a lot of people, like a lot of people, It was my own personal needs that I was trying to find answers to. So I was working in nutrition and I was actually kind of a new graduate and I was working in a hospital job and I knew it wasn't the end goal. I knew it wasn't a great fit. I knew I wanted to do private practice. But in the meantime, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's. I let me clarify I diagnosed myself I ran my own labs and took them to my doctor and said isn't this what this is saying And they were like oh yeah that's pretty much what we would call Hashimoto's here's a prescription off you go I like this person did not know me I was crying in the office because I just felt totally misunderstood like this person didn't know that this was not an acceptable solution. I was not just going to start taking something that I knew enough. Here's what it, here's what it was. I knew just enough to know that I didn't know enough. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know how you're just like, I'm well enough aware to know that this answer is not okay, but I don't really know what to ask. And I think a lot of people, when we're talking about health in general, but gut health specifically resonate with that. I know that I don't know enough, but I don't really know how to formulate a question around that. And so it's really hard to ask for help. And it's really hard to tell yourself, this is what I need. And therefore I can take this action. There's a huge disconnect there. And luckily for me, I had the resources and the ability to understand the information in the nutrition world that would allow me to kind of take some next steps and understand how to put the questions together and ultimately come to this realization that if you've got any autoimmune disease, which Hashimoto's is, you're looking at gut, you're looking at the gut and you have to start there. and it really connected for me because nobody else is talking to me about that. Not one person. And I quickly lost faith in the conventional approaches. I, I don't think I'm alone in that and I'm not bashing conventional. There's a place, you know, there's a place. But if you are somebody who is wanting to do something preventative, if you want your symptoms and the way that you're feeling to be acknowledged and captured before your blood work will sort of support it, so to speak, then conventionalism is just not set up that way. It's not set up that way. And that can be like a neutral, non-emotional thing, I think.
0: Yeah, completely. And that's what I think something to, to be said about that, Carly, is like for anyone who has a fear listening of going to a functional doctor or a functional nutritionist or starting off right, like with a dietitian first, before you're going to the doctor, we all as practitioners have a duty to refer when we don't know what to do. So don't ever have the fear that, you know, you're going to go to a functional MD and they're going to prescribe you herbs and, you know, I feel like that's what the, what people think they will refer you if they realize you need surgery or like, they're all still going to refer you to Western medicine if it's needed. But like you put it so well, Kylie, a lot of the times when you're looking for more of the preventative or when you can be healed through nutrition, it may be the better route usually, honestly, usually is. Um, but so then how did, so then that started to shine a light for you? Like, okay, gut health. And then did you just start really diving into gut health? I, yeah,
1: that's, that's all it was. It was, it was born out of necessity for me. And I got curious Because so I I always had a curiosity and I was in my training for integrative and functional nutrition while all of this was unfolding. So like the foundation of interest was certainly there, but the gut piece, I just saw this opportunity where I was going to be able to help people, I was going to be able to help guide people back to their own health through this like overarching huge area So it almost like it didn't really matter if you came in constipated or bloated or having heartburn or if you were not sleeping and depressed and really anxious, like it all converges in the same place. So if I can Mm -hmm. help teach people what to look for and how to feel organized enough to take some sort of action so that they can start to see some sort of change, even if it's not like the perfect option, right? something yep. is better than nothing, then I would have an opportunity to show them how they could impact their entire body. It's just mm-hmm. like, it sounds like this big sparkly shiny thing, but isn't it actually the opposite? It's the low hanging fruit. If you yep. start with your gut, you're actually going to clear the path to so many other things mysteries that you might mm-hmm. be feeling around your health or, th- or that you didn't know you had. You- um, right? Okay. I'm going to tell you the story yeah. Kate, just this morning. Um, I literally last week, I tossed a bottle of enzymes to a friend of mine here um, because I was explaining a client that I was working with and she was like, Oh wait, maybe I do have gut symptoms. I feel like that too. And I was like, You know, in my head, I was rolling my eyes because this is so many people, isn't it? So I literally pulled some enzymes out of the cabinet and I tossed them to her. And I said, just take them with your meals for the next week. And when you come back in, let me, like, this is not my client. This is a friend. Let me know what happens. Just an hour ago, Kylie, I literally lost three pounds of water weight because I was so loaded and I didn't even know it. I thought that was just 30. I was like... I hate being right. I hate it. (laughs) But
0: but people don't know what feeling good is. No, we don't People think they just attribute it. Oh, like to aging and right. Yes. There are certain things that come with aging and things like that, but you should still be feeling good. But I, I love what you were saying about, you know, we talk about how the gut affects so many areas of the body and it is the low hanging fruit because one of the coolest things about attacking your gut health first kind of as like that main hub because it affects so many areas of your body you can kill multiple birds with that one stone you know it's not like and and again we're like we were saying the ones that you didn't even know were bothering you maybe you thought you were getting restful sleep and then you're like whoa i sleep really good now or you're like you know my mood's okay like i'm not really happy every day but I'm getting by. It's fine. I have kids. I have so many things on my to-do list. Like who can be happy with all that stuff? Bingo. Oh, my mood is improving. Oh, my God. I'm sleeping like an
1: angel. Wow. I'm not like an irritable, unenjoyable Mm -hmm. human to my partner and my children or to myself. You know, I have energy to work out. That's a big change I see, actually. Yeah. Like the energy levels come back to where they should be, hundred percent. It, it's not like, you know, it. It's really, it is a life changing thing when you can then have the energy to like take the laundry downstairs. That was a big one for a couple of people.
0: And or, not, and Kylie not have multiple cups of coffee just to support uh, your energy. Like I will tell you, I'm like, we're gonna get rid of coffee for two weeks. Our caffeine slowly, right? Tapered. Nobody anyone listening, do not just drop your coffee without tapering it down. (laughs) You will get massive headaches. Um, but we take it away and they're like, but how am I going to have energy? And I'm like, well, we're gonna make other changes with how you're eating, how you're moving, how we're managing your stress during the day. And guess what? You're not gonna miss that coffee. And I'm thinking of one client in particular that I'm working with now, and she's like, She went from she was having coffee energy drinks, like she had multiple sources of caffeine, diet soda, and she didn't drink any caffeine anymore. And now if she does have a cup of coffee, she's like, Oh, I didn't realize this is what was upsetting my stomach in the morning. You know, it just unfolds, but yeah, the energy is a big thing because I mean, throughout our day, like how good do you feel when you have good energy? Or let's say for anyone listening, if you are a coffee fanatic, when you get that big jolt from your caffeine, you are like, I'm on top of the world. And then come three o'clock, you're like, kill me now. So (laughs) if you can have that energy though, sustained throughout the whole day, how much more can you get done? How much more energy can you spend on, you know, doing things that make you feel good or getting those little extra tasks done and with your mood too. Um so I'm glad you brought that one up because that's a big one.
1: There are two things that come to mind when you're saying these things. First of all, it's it can be hard. People are and I know this from my own personal experience. I'm sure you do too in your own way. It is really hard to paint the picture of just imagine how you would feel if you had sustained energy. How does, how do we imagine that it is such a foreign reality for so many people? I'm, you know, I'll put myself in that sometimes, you know, you and I, we're still doing the same. We're also humans. We know more information. It doesn't mean that we're not struggling and dealing with the same Uh stuff, right? It comes from experience and, and it's hard to say, you have no idea. Like, just imagine how your genes will fit when you're no longer bloated. But the re- it, until you experience it, you can't really tap into that feeling yep. because it's not, it's not, a, you don't have, there's nothing to, to refer to. So that's one piece. And then this, this thing with the coffee and right, coffee can be replaced with medication, with Tums, with supplements, even, you know, this idea that we require that our bodies require something else to fix us or to sustain a certain level of maintenance is this really deep, um, it's a deep thing in in our world. And I try to remind people like, hey, look, (laughs) you actually know how to do this. Your body has got you. You're safe in your body if you take out the barriers and replace The things that are missing that it's begging you for so that it can just operate and do its job. Now, obviously, that's way, way oversimplified, right? Like, way oversimplified. How do you take the barriers out? First, you have to identify them. You have to know what's your starting place so that you know what action to take so that you can remove them. You have to have trusted people on your team to guide you and teach you what needs to be added in. What does your body need? What are those non negotiable daily habits? that you need to put into place to support yourself, right? So I understand it's actually way bigger, but when you boil it down, our dependency on all of this stuff that we're told we're dependent on can feel just super um, defeating. It can feel yeah. really defeating and it takes away the motivation for wanting to heal yourself. Why would you put It's hard work. We've all been there. It's hard work. It is hard to heal yourself. It's an investment of time, of money, of resources, of like mental space, right? It's just, there's so much involved in it that if you have a quick fix outside, why wouldn't you just take a, the cup of yeah. coffee? And so it's getting over that hump for people. And all of, all of what I'm saying here is just kind of a nod to the reality that most people are in right now. It's going to take a, a bottom for people to decide to do all of that hard work because otherwise, you know, the motivation has to be stemmed in something that means something very personal. Like for me, it was Hashimoto's and looking down the road, of, you know, being like 28 years old and having to take medication for the rest of my life. Like for me, that was a not going to happen for some people. That's not the bottom. It might be something else. So I guess those of you listening, like just you'll know it when you're there
0: and you won't have another option. You won't have yeah. another option and to I think do part the work too. No, totally. And I think part of that too, Kylie is like, you have to just, like you were saying, the mo- the motivation you mainly get is when you start seeing results and you know, this feeling like once you yeah. seeing results and they're like, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's working. Oh my gosh, I feel better. Oh my gosh, I'm sleeping better. And luckily. The results happen pretty quick with, you know, what you're going through. So, and then that ends up being the motivation. So sometimes I tell people, I'm like, you just have to start. You just have to seek out that help because for some people, unfortunately, they either may not hit kind of that rock bottom for them or they're there, but they don't realize it. Bingo. And so sometimes it's like, you just have to start to be able to open up and see how good you can feel. And like you said, it is so empowering when you realize your body has you like for those clients that are no longer like maybe they're having a decaf cup of coffee in the morning because they really enjoy the taste or they're having a regular cup of coffee. Like I, this is also not against caffeine, but right. <laughs> but just meaning they something that they thought was so precious to them and that they needed to survive those 3 cups a day etc and then they realized like wow i had no coffee today and i had way more energy today than i did the days that i had coffee it is it's that empowering feeling like my body is working for me and I want to support it. Like I want to make those better decisions. Like Kylie said, we are all human. I mean, I have a one-year-old and it's like, um, come the end of the night when I'm done working and taking care of him and finally put him to bed, which I always say, it's like an adrenaline rush all day. And then you put them to bed and you're like, oh. just like want (laughs) to fall asleep. Um, and it's like, yeah. Is it so much easier to like, try to like, to be like, Oh, like, should we just put the frozen pizza in the right? Like in the oven and okay. I'll make a side salad with it. But like, but then you think to yourself too. And it's like, but I also, and not that like right there. I mean, we probably do a frozen pizza once a week and love it and enjoy it. Sure. It's like, Sure also then I do have to think about like tomorrow morning, am I going to feel really good if I, or if like we're, you know, if I don't make that side of veggies with it, or, you know, is it easier to prep something earlier in the day? But it's, it's always up and down and you're still human, but you also can get your body to a place where it has your back more so than ever. So like some people, and I'm sure you've seen it Kylie were like, And yes, in the beginning, I will say a lot of the times when working with clients and working to support people's gut health, you are more strict because you usually have to heal the gut. And that's where like in the beginning, it's really tough, but the goal is to get your gut to a place where it's healed and feeling good. So then, and also which supports your metabolism, supports all these other things. So then maybe, you know, a little bit down the road, then it's like oh you have a weekend a weekend with the girls and you know you went a little crazy you ate foods you weren't used to eating you had some drinks etc well guess what your body is going to bounce back way faster you're not going to feel as bloated you're not going to feel all the things that you may have felt if you didn't actually take the time to heal your gut so it's not like it's a forever thing when you're you know maybe being more strict in the beginning but it just gets your body back to a place where it can support you and it can have your back like that's where we come in like your body wants to always have your back but sometimes it physically can't by the damage that we've done
1: bingo i think this is a huge point that people need to really really know and understand so much of the resistance to doing this kind of work OK, and this is an important thing to talk about, because when we're talking about making a change, right, there's the motivation factor, there's the rock bottom factor, and then there's like the why and there's the, all of the barriers, right, which is like the longest list, right? If the barrier is being afraid of having to make big changes in your diet, which is the consistent feedback that I get, I don't want to change my the way that I eat. I'm afraid that you're gonna tell me I have to get rid of all of my favorite things. I am afraid I won't be able to maintain this forever. Yeah, those are real fears. You should be because the way that you're thinking about it is petrifying. <laughs> I wouldn't do it either. No, no normal human would, right? So it's important to really manage your expectation by understanding that yeah, you said it perfectly. The beginning your priority is when, over here as you heal as you do the work as you feel the results as your body does what it already knows how to do to get you back to equilibrium then your priorities change and they're over here and things really open up because you've earned it for your body and i'm not saying earned as if um you know there's there's like this reward system i mean you have literally given your body the things that it requires to allow there to be a little more breathing room, a mm. little more wiggle space, right? Like if there's a bucket, if you picture your body and your health being a bucket, the beginning part of healing, your gut in this instance, is really strict. But that strictness puts your bucket being from full down to maybe half. Now, you go out with your girlfriends on the weekend, you have the pizza, you're drunk, you're doing whatever you're doing, right? Your bucket gets full. It fills up from those things, but it just fills up. It doesn't overflow. And it's the overflowing that brings people to their knees, that brings people to us. And if we can just help you get to a point where you've got a little more space in the bucket to work with, to be a human being, That's the goal, isn't it? Nobody wants to go to no dietitian, right? No normal human being wants you to have to be on a restrictive diet forever. It is a tool. Let's talk about that. An elimination diet is a tool. It is not a punishment and it is not a death sentence. It is used so that your body has an opportunity and an opening to heal. That's it. It doesn't need to do that for your entire life. It just needs to do it for a period of time, and then you move on. Then you move on, right? It's like That's Kylie, the when point. You,
0: I was just thinking, it's like when you break your arm. Yes, right? like I use this analogy. To, yeah, yes. or you broke a bone because you need to give. You're not going to like, let's say you broke your arm. You're not going to go out and continue. Let's say it's from baseball, throwing a baseball because you can't. But eventually, once it's healed, and you've had enough therapy. You can, and even like the favorite food center, I'm so glad you brought that up too, because how many times have you seen with clients? Like they're so scared to give up these foods, right? Usually in the beginning, unfortunately for certain, certain foods, you may have to be more strict and not have them, but then people ended up realizing, well, one, those foods are making you feel bad. So it's like, how can they be your favorite foods? They're really making you feel crappy. But then second of all, you end up realizing like sometimes when you bring them back in, you're like, ooh, actually one, either don't really like it or two, you really recognize because you've been feeling so good how poorly they make you feel. And you're like, yep, nope, don't want to do it. But again, there's finding a way like, let's say if even it's, I've had a lot of clients where pizza is kind of the culprit of like, they bring it back in and they're like, oh, I really didn't feel good. And it's like, okay, well- you tried having your normal, like two to three slices. Like let's try next time having one slice, but first maybe have like a salad with some protein. Like it's finding a way to work it back in, but it's never saying you can never have to get it again. And that same. Like, you know, yesterday I was just explaining to someone, you know, low FODMAP diet. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, I mean, when you look at that list of high FODMAP foods that you should be avoiding, you are like, Whoa! I can't eat like it. It blows. I'll your mind. eat grass. No, there's nothing. Like, and then you're like, mm-hmm. I can never eat these again. And it's like, no, no. It's just for us to find out what's triggering. And
1: right. then
0: even those trigger foods, again, you may be most likely are able to have them down the road. But it is. It's really overwhelming, and that's why anyone listening will work with someone. Because Ugh. if you were to just Google, like, let's say you heard from your doctor, which this is the typical way too. Kylie, I hate this. Yeah. Oh my god. Doctors will be like, "You should be on low FODMAP." And then no people idea. go home, they Google low FODMAP, and they're like, they see those lists of food, the list of high FODMAP foods that they should be avoiding, and they're like, "What? Can't do I it." Can't, yeah. Can't do it. Not going to do it. You know what? I'm never going to try and heal my gut again because it's too overwhelming. Seek some help. Um, but you have to get to that place of healing and then it is so freeing. If you've listened to many of our expert guests, you know that we all tend to need extra support for our gut health. Whether that's taking a probiotic for optimal digestive and immune support, a digestive enzyme to optimize nutrient availability, or my personal favorite Nordic Naturals Nordic Flora prebiotic powder to support the beneficial probiotic bacteria in your gut and for a good source of fiber, there's gut health support for you, whatever your specific needs may be. And to make digestive and immune health more fun for children, Nordic Naturals offers probiotics in a pixie powder, gummy form, and a powder form for infants that can easily be mixed into room temperature food, formula, or milk. Head to nordic.com and use the code naturallywell15 for 15% off all Nordic Naturals digestive support products for adults, children, and infants. Anything we haven't touched on yet, that's another sign of Poor gut health because people, right, they automatically assume digestion, stomach issues. But is there anything we haven't talked about yet that you see with a lot of clients that's a uh, sign of poor gut health?
1: This is super important because these are the people that go chronically unwell for a long time. Because if you have gut symptoms, bloating, constipation, um, diarrhea, physical pain in your stomach area, um, heartburn, you know, okay, it's clear. If you break your foot, your foot hurts. If you have something wrong in your gut and your gut hurts, like, okay, you can piece that together. However, when your brain is hurting, it's not always the same feeling. You don't feel your brain being imbalanced or your brain hurting the same way that you would feel a stomach ache. But what that can look like is, first of all, all of the GI symptoms Right. So because there's this huge, huge connection. But also it could be irritability, unrelated to if you know you are a cycling woman, unrelated, right? Also related, but both. It can be extreme anxiety. It can be depression. It can be ADD ADHD-like symptoms. Could just be your mood in general, your sleep. It can be any autoimmune disease whether you feel GI symptoms or not, it can actually be very neurological. So, you know, personally, this is my experience. I know gluten is like the sparkly, shiny thing of interest right now, but there's a lot behind it, right? There's a huge percentage of people who gluten does not give them any sort of GI distress, but it's a neurological instead. So, like seizures or weird shaky things or this like weird, funny passing out thing that doesn't have a real name or your heart beating really fast, like all of these different things, your immunity, oh gosh, if you are sick all of the time, huge, huge sign, allergies, asthma, ringing in your ear. These are all things and why, right? Why? Because it's your body, your body is connected in the gut. Your immune system, 70, what is it? 70 plus percent of it is in Mm -hmm. the gut. And when you're talking about, I mean, God, the age that we're in with immunity and being healthy and uh, low-hanging fruit, low-hanging fruit, you know? Deal with the gut, see what's going on. But again, I'm going to come back to this. The hardest part is for people to understand what the heck that even means. What does it mean? Pay attention to my gut. I don't even know, especially if you don't have GI symptoms. You're like, well, what, what do I do? What does that mean? What's the first step? What do I look at? It can be really hard, that identifying the you are here on, on a map, so to speak, is like yeah. you have to work with somebody for that stuff. It can be challenging.
0: So let's talk, Kylie, now about the good stuff. What can we do and what do you try to do, right? Every every client is different. Everything's personalized. But what are some general places to start in your eyes and through the research to start healing your gut? Like, where do you start with people?
1: Yeah, gosh. Okay. So let's talk about this from, this is an average person listening to this podcast. They're not working with anybody. They don't have any testing to go off of, but they feel all sorts of GI symptoms, constipation, diarrhea, bloat, whatever it is, right? Whatever it is for you, listener. I would say, oh my God, see, this is the hard, this, this, this is the thing about the food component, isn't it? It's not usually about the food at the core. The food gets wrapped up in the deeper problem. So if starting with the food feels overwhelming for you, then start somewhere else. If cutting things out, go. Mm-hmm. One thing that I find is really helpful for people is looking at circadian rhythm, get up in the morning, get some sunlight on your eyeballs directly on your outside, go outside, right? 10, 20 minutes, whatever you can make work for your day. And that sets because your gut is synced to this internal clock called our circadian rhythm, which is dictated by the sun. You wake up, get your eyeballs in front of the sun. It will tell your gut the schedule to start working on that could be a huge factor. Free, easy, simple. I'm gonna go back to the digestive enzyme piece. If you're shooting in the dark and you don't want to spend a ton of time, you don't want to spend a ton of money, that might be something that you just try out. It's not going to be a ton of investment, right? And you can take a, a digestive enzyme or maybe bitters, something like this, with your meals and just observe. Do I feel differently? If you do. Then you need to start asking yourself the next question, right? Why? Why do I need that support? What's going on that is not allowing my body to digest my food the way that it should? Stress is a huge one, right? Uh, Low stomach acid is a huge one that could be caused by a variety of different factors, right? Then we go down the rabbit hole. Which
0: so many people think is actually heartburn. And then, you know, and it's like, no, you need more acid hear um, that people, if you
1: have heartburn and you have had it chronically, I, pr- uh, I almost guarantee you it's because you have low stomach acid, not yeah. high stomach acid, come off the PPIs, stop popping tums. You're not helping yourself. You know,
0: Kylie, do you agree with this? I like using like a really easy way to see if that's the issue is for a few days, to put like just a tablespoon or two of apple cider vinegar in eight ounces of water and have that before your meal and just see by adding in that extra acid, how your digestion does or will right. And if your heart, if you don't have heartburn after, um, do it a few times so you can like let your body work with it. But I like that as like an easy, easy way without, you know, medication or having to do testing, things like that
1: it's a low commitment, right? These are the places that people feel comfortable and kind of like cozy and familiar with starting. It's nothing too crazy. You're not spending a ton of money. You're not investing in something that you don't totally understand yet. Like those are hard things to ask people to do. But what you're saying, simple, buy an enzyme, simple, go get some sunlight on your eyeballs, simple. And then there's the deeper things like Be really honest with yourself. What the hell are you putting in your body? What are you eating? And and like really magnify it for yourself. Shine a light on that. What are you putting in your body that your body has to deal with? Or, and, or, what are you not bringing in? Here's Mm -hmm. the thing. Quote, healthy eating, is not rocket science, right? I have not ever spoken to one person who is like, I didn't know that I needed protein, fruits and vegetables. This is new information. I had no idea. Like we know, we know it isn't about learning that piece. It might be about learning tools to implement. It might be about learning how to create a habit around this information. It might be about making it work with your particular lifestyle. You've got kids, you're traveling, whatever it is, right? Those are the pieces. You guys know, you know. Nobody needs to tell you, you know, that you need
0: kind of, fiber. It's, it's interesting with the protein piece though. I will oh. find though, almost with every client, people are Way under eating protein. Or they're like, oh, but I had chicken with lunch. So like, I'm good for the day. And I'm like, uh, yeah, we <laughs> eat protein at every single meal. And then honestly, if you can get it in at snacks, like- And this is how much you need. Like for me, usually 25 grams at a meal is like kind of minimum for most people, especially for people over 50, because they don't, they don't digest protein as well. They don't absorb it as well. So we go a little bit higher, but, um, protein, I will say people are under eating. And the other part is like people not realizing that they should have most of like most macronutrients or food components at each meal, like having right. Having your fiber from hopefully from some vegetables, right. Or maybe whole grains, but, um, having some protein, having some type of starch there, maybe like some whole food starch, if you need it, having healthy fats, which is really, important oh, oh my God. And that's, and people are like that, you know, that's where a missing link is too, is like, what are those healthy fats? So could you cut, and I know this is hard and it's also, we're taking this a grain with a grain of salt, all of our listeners that are listening, because every gi issue can have a different um you know a different protocol or a different yes. map that we would take you on so again work with someone but if you could kylie like what would be an average ideal day for someone to eat to support their gut um and even if there are other tips in there you want to throw in
1: yeah okay this is a really great question and i i really appreciate This sort of um, caveat of if this doesn't feel like it makes sense to you, it might be a thing that doesn't make sense for you. Like if you're hearing me name a bunch of things, you're like, but I can't eat that stuff. Then this, you know, there's a different version of this for you. Mm -hmm. That's very important in general, though. This is what I'm looking at. I really like to push 30 grams of protein per meal minimum because Mm -hmm. your your gut Right. Okay. Let's just talk about that for a second. Why? Protein gets this like, oh, it's protein. It's It's like a big thing. The only reason that we talk about it is because it consists of amino acids. And it's really the amino acids that we are trying to get into your body because that is what helps your body heal. You require them. You're not going to do it without it. Period. Also, there's like what a kajillion different things Mm -hmm. amino acids individually do. So that's why we're talking about getting that amount of protein, because it provides a certain amount of threshold of certain amino acids that are essential for building muscle and for healing all of the things, right? Your cells, your gut, the gut lining, et cetera. So I like to push 30 grams per meal to get over that threshold. I also like to push, not push, support, strongly support, <laughs> 30 grams of fiber per day. I had mm-hmm. one client who got that confused and was trying to do 30 grams of fiber per meal. And I was oh, like, ma'am,
0: I a little bloated.
1: <laughs> that's not that stop doing that. The <laughs> so 30 grams of fiber per day. Now, this is something important. If you do not know how much fiber you're eating, one, you need to know. You need to take a look at that. And I, I'm not saying turn this into like, track every single macro yeah, for the yeah, rest yeah. of your life, but you need good input to be able to have a successful output. How the hell are you going to make a change? How are you going to understand what you need to do if you don't actually know what you're currently doing? Figure it out. Track. I feel I feel okay being a little pushy about that. Yep. Get good intel for yourself. What's coming in? And if you are way below that 30 mark for fiber, i do think the recommendation of increasing it slowly can be very helpful when you jump and i've done this myself when you jump mm-hmm. really quickly oh you know it's a change and you your body don't you, you
0: don't increase your water as well
1: <laughs> you're asking for disaster now here's the thing what if somebody's listening they're like fiber increase it 30 grams i can't even eat an apple you've got some deeper healing to do. And that is real for people. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be in that spot. Um, Just know, and you need to work with somebody because not being able to tolerate fiber is not on the table. It's not, it's not, we have to, that's an essential thing,
0: right? So Kylie, what would an example breakfast, lunch, and dinner be that would include that minimum 30 grams of protein and 30 grams of fiber. Cause that's where I think a lot of the disconnect is for people. They're like, okay, that sounds great. And like, I see people under eat protein for breakfast, usually all the time, like just the two eggs. I'm like, hey, I was just
1: going to say that. That's, that's my 14 favorite grams of protein people. <laughs> Maybe. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. This is great. This is great. And I'll tell you breakfast can be hard because oh, it's, there, it's there's, tough. Just, yeah, there comes a point where you're like, but I'm actually just full. I don't want to eat anymore. I'm full. <laughs> and I think our, you know, our older population, particularly that can be yes. very challenging. Mm-hmm. So, okay. What do, I'll just give you an example. Yeah, I, I love doing breakfast, like good quality breakfast meats. I love using like an organic ham steak, yep. huge. Amount of protein. I love doing turkey bacon. I like hard boiled eggs or, or eggs of any kind. Yeah, yeah. But this is an important part. You're getting 12 or 14 grams of protein in two eggs. So you're like barely halfway to your goal. That doesn't mean you can't have eggs, but just know that. If you want to eat five eggs, by all means, but uh you know, I'm not gonna do that. That doesn't sound like something I enjoy. So what do you add to that? I love um adding collagen to my I do drink coffee in the morning. If you're a tea drinker, if you're it doesn't matter, you could put it in anything. Yeah. It is this is important. It's not a complete protein, right? Because it's missing what is it? Tyrosine? Mm-hmm. Tryptophan? It's missing one, it's missing one, amino one acid. of the amino acids, yep. right? Um, but so it can't be your main source of protein, right? but you can use it to add. You can still use it as a protein. Yeah, it's a protein. Yeah, it's you can't depend on it, right? It can't be your major source every day, day in, and day out, but you can use it to help get you to that goal. And I like adding that to my coffee somewhere around 10 grams, depending on the brand, right? And now all of a sudden you have two eggs, 14 grams, some collagen. Now you're at 24. Okay, now that's a much different story, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you start there and then move forward. I also really like, Um, I like an organic Greek yogurt, lots of protein in there. Yeah. Sometimes I just do a damn protein shake. I got to tell you (laughs) sometimes that's, and why isn't that okay? It is. It's fine. If you tolerate like an organic or an A2 milk, there's eight grams of protein per cup of that. Like if you are a latte drinker and you get regular whole milk, no, eight ounces is eight grams of protein. You know, that's, that's not nothing. Um, lunch and but dinner, your, almond, gonna- your oh. almond milk
0: and your nut milks do not have protein in them. I'm just going to put a little asterisk next to that. Really important.
1: And it's fine. If those are the things that you have to have to tolerate it, but do not, yeah. you're right, but don't, don't go in it. Protein. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yep. And you would think but almonds have protein. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's all, milk. It's all, it's the water of them. Yeah. Once they once they squeeze all that out, the protein goes away. And sometimes in certain ones, like they add back the protein, but I don't know. I found those ones the taste is affected.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, it is. I think some people really like that ripple milk, like a pea milk. Yeah. Um, and that's got I think seven or eight grams of protein. But again, uh, you know. That's just one, one option, I guess is what I'm saying. Just one option. So um,
0: what about like lunch, dinner?
1: Yeah. Lunch, dinner. This is what I do. I cook a, I cook a protein for the week. Sometimes it's chicken. Sometimes I like doing salmon burgers. Sometimes Mm. it's ground turkey, whatever it is. And for lunch, I just have that. I cook it for the week. And lately, actually, I have been looking at the label and seeing how many ounces equals how many grams of protein and i have actually been just the last two weeks actually measuring it out like a crazy person just to really get an idea and i don't have to do this forever right no.
0: you measure but it until you know and then you're like okay now i know
1: that's it because you really if you are, if you want to heal like you got it, you got it you it's part of what you have to do at some point right? you don't have to start there yeah. But at some point you do want to make sure that you actually know what you're getting in. Um, And then I'll, I'll often do the same thing for dinner. So I do now I'm speaking a lot to animal proteins. I'm realizing because I personally think that is um, it's the easiest way to get the most protein without increasing the amount of calories that you have to take in plant proteins, obviously exactly. Bingo. Um, So fiber then yeah. Fiber can be a tricky one. This is my favorite. I had a salad for lunch. Like I get tons of fiber. <laughs> There's like a gram or two of fiber in like mixed greens. It's just not. And, and it's funny because we tell people eat greens because blah, blah, blah. But fiber isn't one of the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> not really. There's a little bit, but it's not. You're, you're looking at 30 30 grams, two cups of, of your greens for your salads is not cutting it, my friend. It's not.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so you want to look at first of all, avocados I love as an option. One kind of normal sized avocado, just like 10 grams and of you get fiber. The healthy
0: fats Bingo.
1: Bingo. Yes, exactly. Uh I really like using nuts and seeds. Again, you get a little protein, a little healthy fat, and some fiber. Um I like an apple with nut butter as a snap, something like that. I think that puts you around nine or 10 grams of fiber, you know, yeah. it depends on the brand, depends on the nut butter, depends on the size of the, you know, all of this stuff is a little general. Uh, but those are the things that I do. I mean, and then of course you've got berries, you've yeah. got your, your regular veggies that you should have with all of your meals. Here's the, here's what I like to do. Kate, I'll tell you, I cook up a protein. I either roast up or if it's the summertime and I don't want something hot I'll just like prep tomato cucumbers and maybe I just cut those up and make it and it's done and it's ready for the week and I just put a little bit in a bowl and then it's done that's that's how I roll over here because otherwise if I don't guess what's happening I'm not eating lunch like it's just not not gonna happen yeah Yeah, and a lot of people relate to that you have to have stuff ready to go to support your needs. one of the guests that we had on our podcast once did this analogy and I loved it. So I'll borrow it. She said, if you got a puppy, if you had a puppy, you would never let yourself run out of puppy food. Like if you looked in the closet and yeah. realized I don't have any food your for child. my puppy yeah. or your kid, yeah, you would never let it happen. You'd go to the store and you'd get dog food. But we don't do that for ourselves. We don't look in the fridge and say, oh, shoot, I don't have any veggies cut up and ready to go to support my body tomorrow. Let me take five minutes and do that. Or let me put a system into place so that I have the opportunity to just take five minutes to do it. Like that piece comes first, right? Yeah. This is where working with somebody really is the
0: benefit, right? And this is where too, there's, there's no shame in like, like let's say if you're a salad and you're listening and you're like, oh my gosh, my greens barely have fiber. Do I even eat a salad for lunch anymore? It's like, yes, but add some vegetables to it. And there's no shame in buying pre-cut veggies. If that's what works for your lifestyle or, um, like I'll throw in Brussels sprouts and some other veggies in a food processor just to make them like, you know, kind of like in those crunchy salads and then just toss it in. And it's like,
1: it adds also
0: more life to your salad and meals. Um, but don't be overwhelmed. There's no best way to do it. It's just finding how it works for your lifestyle, which is the biggest thing, because if you want it to be a lifelong behavior change, it has to work for you.
1: It's the only way. Yeah. It's the only way. That's the first non-negotiable. Like you do have to be open-minded and do have to be willing to recognize the areas where you need to implement some sort of change. Those can be hard. You have to let somebody call you out on that, even if it's yourself. And then, yeah, you cannot choose something that doesn't stand a chance of being maintained. Why? It's a yeah. different version of what you already came in doing. Why would you do that? Why are you paying somebody <laughs> to help you it should not do anything differently, right? It's
0: a hard calling up for people. No, it makes complete sense. Well, Kylie, this has been great. So we love to end every episode with a little rapid fire Q&A. So first thing that comes to mind, is just for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Um, what is your favorite de-stressing practice or support tool? Breathwork. We've had that. I've been loving it. Recently. Oh my God, I love um, it. Well, you kind of hinted at this, but coffee or tea? Coffee
1: for half of my cycle, green tea for the other half. And how do you take your coffee? Do you put anything in it? I usually drink it black unless it's bad coffee. And then I add some cream. (laughs)
0: Love it. Okay. This is my favorite one. What is your favorite home cooked meal? It doesn't have to be something you make. It could be something your family makes, but what's like that thing that just gives you all those good feelings? When my dad makes sauce.
1: So we're like a big Italian family. And when he, when he makes sauce, the whole house smells like green peppers, never onions. Don't even ask. And sugar and lemon don't even come in the door. Okay. <laughs> when he makes sauce. And then I just put it over just pasta. Nothing else. I just went, po- mm. you know what else though? Noodles, butter, and cheese. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: like it's just You can't, you can't go wrong. You, you can't go wrong. Go wrong. <laughs> You're like reintroduced to it too when you have a kid. You're like, oh. Okay. Ooh, I remember thank this, you. <laughs> but I also need to now forget this. Um, oh my gosh. Well, Kylie, this has been so great. I'd love for you to share with people though, where they can find you connect with you, learn more. Um, and then if they want to work with you too, oh,
1: In your great. podcast.
0: please mention your podcast.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. So I'll start there. So I co-host a podcast called, uh, the curious women podcast. Um, my friend and colleague, Meg Hager, we, we do it together and Oh man, it's so much fun. We, we bring on and interview experts in various fields of women's health. And our goal is always having conversations about things that most of us didn't know that we didn't know. Um, so that's a really fun thing. And that's on all of the places, you know, you listen to a podcast on, uh, for me. So my practice is called strata nutrition. It's named that as sort of a head nod to the multiple layers or strata that make up a person's well-being and health and therefore healing journey. Um, Stratanutrition.com is me. I'm on Instagram at the.gut.therapist, the gut therapist with periods in between, um, where I share a lot. There's a lot, a lot of resources on the website though for free also where you can take a look at the different ways that you could work together with me so we do um there's something for everybody right so if you're ready for deep deep hand holding like i need to be supported 100% on this there's an option if you just need a little bit of information and a little bit of hand holding there's an option so that's the place to take a look at some of that stuff uh and then lastly coming soon by the end of this year there's actually i have a new functional gut drink that's coming to market, Ooh. which is, I know I can hardly believe the words coming out of my mouth, but it's called that gut drink. And it will be in stores where I live in DC in December, if all goes to plan, uh, and hopefully available for ordering. So we could take a, keep a, keep
0: an eye out for that. Just fun. Oh, so exciting. Kyle, you'll have to yeah. send me one when, when I, you get them in. For sure. Yes. Be pumped. Well, thank you so much. And hopefully we will talk again soon. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a fun day. If you're struggling with any of the symptoms we talked about in today's episode, your actionable step for this week is to seek out help and guidance from a medical professional and start your journey to fixing your gut and feeling better. Thank you for listening to Naturally Well by Nordic Naturals and remember you can catch some of our episodes of the podcast on our Naturally Well YouTube channel. For something to do in between episodes, follow me on Instagram at Kate, where I typically live on my stories providing a variety of daily health and wellness tips. Naturally Well is hosted by myself, Kate Turner, and produced by Andrew Steven. If you have any questions, please send us an email at podcast at and we hope to answer your question on air. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.